Hi, this is Pastor Danny Deeth, and I'm so excited that you have chosen to join us here at First Presbyterian Church for worship today. Know that the love, grace, mercy, and joy of Jesus Christ beckon you to join our church family as we seek to celebrate our journey with Christ in this service of worship. So we're glad you're here. Come on in. Hear the word of the Lord from Isaiah chapter 43. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you because you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you. This is the word of the Lord. So we are reading from Matthew's account of Jesus being baptized. We are in chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Listen for the word of the Lord with fresh ears. Then Jesus came to Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, Just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So today, baptism is our focus. It is where we are literally and figuratively immersed in this healing water. It is a joy for us to participate. It is a joy for us to celebrate. All of those themes and understandings we just talked about in Xavier's baptism hold true, except this was the first, Christ's. Now, if you remember... The last time that we were together talking about Jesus, it was his birth. And except for the one story that we have that talks about him as a 12-year-old boy at the temple when Mary and Joseph went and then left him and then had to go back and get him, this is the next chronological account. We go from the birth story to year 33-ish and Jesus emerging 
from doing or being in ways that we don't know because we don't have the stories of Jesus' childhood. We don't know if he knew he was the Savior. We don't know if his parents told him on a regular basis what the angels told them about him. But we do know that they probably would not have recognized him. He came from Galilee, came south to the Jordan, where his cousin John was already baptizing, but in a different way. Well, why was he baptizing if he himself hadn't been baptized? What, what was John the Baptist doing? Well, the baptism that John was doing was the baptism for the remission of sins, repentance, all of those churchy things that we say, because that was practiced by some different parts of Judaism. The Essenes, who lived in Qumran, from which the Dead Sea Scrolls emerged, practiced baptism for the remission of sins. John may have had some connection with them that led him to this kind of new way of being. This wasn't in the temple. This may very well have been seen as heretical or threatening to the Jewish leadership where worship happened in the temple. This was outside. This was in a river. This was happening in a different way. But John was baptizing before Christ himself was baptized. But as it says, John says, I'm baptizing you with water. That's all I can do in essence but one who is coming who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So that's when this part of the baptism kicks up to the next level of understanding faith in God present with us. So again, out of this 33-year void, think about the shepherds who were there at the first nativity. Where, where did he get? We were there, we saw him, but it's been 10 years, it's been 20 years, it's been 30 years, and we haven't heard a thing. Maybe we didn't see what we think we saw. Maybe those wise men that were most likely from Persia, even though they're not there, they certainly would have been listening to hear that the child that they saw and visited would have been doing things as the Messiah. Nope, nothing. Out of a 33-year void for all that we know, Gospel writers don't relay anything else to us. Jesus comes now out of the wilderness and to the Jordan. John, being Jesus' cousin, recognizes him immediately, and we don't know what he knows about Jesus. Did he know he was the Messiah? Did John know that he would play the role of one who would precede the Messiah? We don't know that, but John recognizes him and is overwhelmed with the idea that Jesus himself is coming for baptism. Oh, oh no, 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 John says. I, you need to baptize me, not me baptizing you. It was a statement of inferiority, a statement that you are far greater, Jesus, than I. I, I shouldn't be baptizing you. But Jesus says, John, yes, this is God's plan to fulfill the righteousness, God's righteousness, which really means God's will, what God would have us do in this world. This is God's plan, Jesus says, so we're going to do it this way. And John finally says, okay. So baptizes him, and when he emerges, the heavens open up, something like a dove representing the Holy Spirit come down, and then God speaks. 
This is my beloved, my son, with whom I am well pleased. And that one act changed everything. We are baptized into Christ's baptism just as we are raised through Christ's resurrection. But the first thing I want you to know about this event is that it connects us to creation. Water is just a simple element. In our faith journey, we encounter God spiritually and physically. Through these bodies, even when Christ was resurrected, he had a body of some sort because he ate and drank and made sure that people like Thomas touched him so that they would know. It's not just all spirit as the Gnostics of that time thought. It was just spirit and soul trapped in this weak matter. Body and soul, spirit and physical go together in our journey. In this case, today, the physical is the water. Water is used as a symbol throughout our biblical journey. Day one of creation, when the world was formless and void, tohu vavohu in the Greek, the, the Spirit came down upon the waters. And God brought forth life through the chaos and ordered the chaos. New life from water. Moses when they were relieved, when God let them go from being slaves in Egypt, through the Red Sea, in as slaves out as freed people of God. And then at the end of that time in the wilderness, when Joshua takes them to the promised land, before they cross opposite Jericho to cross the Jordan, God says, take the Ark of the Covenant, have one of every tribe, 12 people, carry it there and I will part the water. And so they did, emerging into the promised land as God's people who had led them there. Even the flood story, new life comes out of the waters. In the New Testament, you have the woman at the well. Through that encounter with Christ and water, she had new life. And on and on and on. Water is that ever-present symbol, but again connects us to God through creation because we too are a part of God's creation that God never leaves. Number two, our baptism is tied up with our identity. The question is, can we fully immerse ourselves and give ourselves to God or do we hold pieces back because we're unwilling or afraid? There's a story about Ivan the Great. Not Ivan the Terrible, this was his son, but Ivan the Great in the mid to late 1400s. The Russian czar who started using that terminology at that time was seen as the great collector of lands for Russia. And one story goes that he was so busy, such an effective soldier, politician, that he had no time to find a wife and therefore no heir for his throne. And people were starting, his counselors, advisors were starting to say, there's no heir to continue in your stead. And he says, okay, um, you go find me somebody and I'll marry him. Okay. So they go and they find the daughter of the king of Greece. 
a good political relationship that helps everybody there. Apparently, she was delightful and somebody you would want to blindly marry. And so he says, great, I'll marry her. So plans are made, provisions are made. And as they get closer, the king realizes that Ivan the Great is not a Christian. And he being Greek Orthodox says this, this marriage just isn't going to work unless he is converted. Ivan, no problem. I'm in. Just tell me when and where I'm there. So as they move closer, it turns out that there are 500 of Ivan's closest uh, army soldiers that want to be baptized with him, that they will do this together. Great, says the church, come on. So they have 500 priests, one-on-one crash course in catechism with these 500 soldiers, all ready to be baptized in this huge display in the Mediterranean. So the day comes, they're all out there, everybody dressed in their finery, the Greek Orthodox priests with their black garments and hats, and the soldiers in their fine regalia. It's all about to happen until somebody in the church remembers and realizes that soldiers were barred from joining their church. Because in their eyes, that was murder and bloodshed. And until that was renounced, you could not join the church. Well, now what do we do? We've got all of these soldiers here. This is a big thing. Everybody's come out to see it. How do we get these two married? So here was the compromise that they came up with. So one-on-one, these 500 priests took each one into the water. And as they all went down underneath the water in baptism at the same time, they drew their swords and they lifted them above the water. So when their body went under the water, everything was under except for about their elbow up and their sword. And then they emerged as if to say, we are 93.6% baptized and have given pretty much most of ourselves. Now this hand is on its own. Whatever it does doesn't count because it wasn't baptized. A terrible way to give ourselves to God in faith, but we all do it. What is it that we hold out because we're afraid to fully give ourselves to God? Is it that we're afraid that God really will use us or how God will take and transform our lives? Is it as simple as things that we want to hold out of the water because we don't want God to have any part of? Checkbook, ATM card. We'll leave that out. Come on, preacher, I work hard for my money. Not throwing it away at that church of yours. Well, okay, I get it. Reason to be cynical, but at the same time, this is one offering for God that indicates your relationship and your degree of thanksgiving for what God has done. What, what else is it? Could it be a, could it be a football? Uh-oh. Could it be a college football? All those things are great that we do until they take us away from God, from one another, and become negative, move into the sin category. Celebrating 
is not going to gain. You know, nothing wrong with all of that until it starts to take us over. Vicky and I, after New Year's, that next Friday, it was on Wednesday, we came home on a Friday from a trip to North Carolina. Girls were tired, and we said, you know what? There's a River Dragons game in town, hockey game. We're going to go check it out. We're not really hockey people. We hadn't been to a game, but we want to support Columbus. This is a new team. We'll go see what it is. So we went. As soon as we sat down, we're a couple rows back from the glass. Over, down, and in front, there he sat. That guy that you never want to sit by at any gathering, especially a sporting event. He was huge. He was muscular. He was obnoxious. I don't know if he was intoxicated or not. I don't know that you could tell a difference. He would stand up, he was right in the front, and he would beat on the glass, double hands, and he's screaming, cussing, talking about their mamas, all kinds of stuff is there right there. Now, yes, that's, there's some that's a part of that, a part of the, the hockey world, but nobody else at this game was doing that, just our friend a few feet over. I'm so glad our children wasn't there, I would have had to send Vicky over to talk to him. <laughs> so he's beating and he's banging and he's cussing. His two children, little children are right over here with his wife. Until finally, one, a member of the opposing team, he, he could hear it all and the guy's been messing with him all game. Just very, and of course, they all deal with this everywhere they go, especially in the hockey world. So he just kind of skates over and he's just standing in front of him. And he just kind of calmly makes eye contact. I'm like, oh my gosh, what, what is getting ready to happen? And the guy starts, blah, 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 blah. And, and the hockey player, visiting player, just kind of looks and, and he does this. He says, I'm making money. And he says, you want to be me. And then he stands there and the guy, blah, 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 and then he, he winks, he does a kissy face, and then he goes back to join the team. And the guy is going crazy until his wife finally has to calm him down. If it was him, is it his mouth that would have been out of the water and then the rest baptized? Maybe so. Sometimes our head is out of the water because we're afraid to think too much about it, but we'll give our heart to God, not our head. Or we'll give our head to Christ, but not the rest of us. Some things we hold out of the water, and we cannot do that. Baptism means giving completely of ourselves and of this life. So our own identity is caught up in it, and we are meant to transform and to grow through this process. We are never done growing. Ask yourself when the last time you felt like you grew in your faith was. Because you're either growing or you are shrinking in faith. There is no middle ground. And as we move into 2020, our challenge is to say, how and will we allow God to transform us to continue to grow, to thrive, to live in this new opportunity? And finally, baptism is a part of our community. Paul never baptized individuals. 
He only baptized individuals into a community. It is not something personal that you keep. It is something that you share that the world must see. And then this family grows. And then the love of Christ grows so that all people, all color, all races, all socioeconomic statuses, all sexualities, all college schools know that they are loved by the risen Christ. So let us with faith go and allow ourselves to be transformed so we can continue to grow and celebrate the community that God has created on this earth. Hallelujah. Amen.